Welcome to the Kofu Mama Show! What's up, guys? We're back to another week of the Kofu Mama Show. And here I am, your host, Sarah Chang. And Vincent Serrano is my co host here. We'll be talking about, oh my god, 2020 and COVID. For goodness freaking sake, what is wrong with 2020? It's been the craziest year. We were in pre prop. We went back to the Philippines in January. And then we were ready to, uh, getting ready to shoot our movie. Um, we had gotten all our team together. We were waiting on the uh, main actor. And then our shoot actually kept getting pushed back because of that. Um, when we first got to the Philippines, COVID had already broken out. But honestly, in the Philippines, nobody cared. Everyone was still going out. Um, there was no such thing as social distancing or masks, even though there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of Chinese in um, the Philippines. Uh, and so, yeah, we were still having pre-prop meetings, you know, meetings with 20 people. You know, we have our production designer, our action directors, our sound, everything. You know, everyone was there. We're just having all the, all the meetings. Finally, March comes around. People started getting sick. And then um, President Duterte, he ordered a lockdown, total lockdown on March 14th. Same day as we're supposed to start shooting. Exactly. Yeah. We would have already started shooting, and that would have been a huge loss for us. We were actually supposed to start shooting in, uh, in the end of January. Yes. And, um, and because, you know, we had scheduling conflicts with uh, the main star... We got pushed back to February, mm -hmm. and then we had to like renegotiate with more, you know, with a new star, right. and uh, push back again till March. That's why we actually ended up going on two events. We went on two trips during that time. We we went to my college reunion in February, and we went yeah. to a wedding in Boracay, which is really fun. Which is actually oh. a fun way to spend your last few days before COVID. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because we literally. came back. We came back to Manila like on March 11. Mm-hmm. And then uh, March 11 or 12 or something like that. And uh, and then a couple of days later, we were supposed to shoot. You know, that's why we came back right away. We were supposed to shoot. And a couple of days later, um, you know, government issued the lockdown, national lockdown. Yeah, we were really, I think we were really saved by that, to be honest. Because if you imagine... If just one shooting day, um, having hired everyone, having all the equipment, having all the vans, it's just cost so much money. If we had started, then that would have been a much bigger loss than, mm -hmm. than what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, exactly. Our so, main concern too was, was, uh, was our daughter. Yes. Kali is definitely a number one concern. Um, for the Philippines, um, we're really lucky because we also live in like a three-story house. So she has a lot of places to go um, in terms of being locked down within our within our house. And then we also live in a compound. Gated compound. A gated compound. Right. Yeah. So Kali loves to go outside. In fact, she has to go outside literally every single day. So if she, if we were in like an apartment or a condo or something, oh my God, we would really be in a big, big mess. Um, yeah, she actually, I think she had more fun than we did. You know, oh, yeah. she had more fun than we did in lockdown because suddenly here, I mean, she still, she didn't really lose any of her freedom because she could still run around the compound. She can still get out of the house, play with the dogs, the neighbor's dogs and, you know, and the neighbor's kids. And, um, 
and she's got her parents 24 7 you yeah know? exactly because <laughs> we don't we couldn't work we couldn't leave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we pretty much just were working out and just staying in the house i mean what do we do to pass the time we played with kali we watched her grow we watched her change yeah yeah so and uh of course, we had to exercise all sorts of precautions. Yes. Um, we're, we were basically, we were there with it was me, Sarah, Kali, and her nanny. And um, so between the, the four of us were living in the house. And thank God we had the nanny for Kali full time. So, we were so yeah, lucky. And so lucky for that. And so, you know, yeah. at least. And she, she created a structure for Kali. She mm-hmm. made sure that Kali ate slept, napped, bathed at, at yeah. exactly the same times every single day. Yeah. Our schedules are hectic. Our prod meetings sometimes go until like 1 or 2 a.m. You know, if we have people, and, and if we do do it in our um, in our house, then, you know, it's, it's noisy and she can't sleep, you know, and maybe I won't, you know, I also breastfeed her to sleep still <laughs> at that point. And so... I couldn't breastfeed her to sleep either because we've got people in the house. And then sometimes we also had events. Yeah, we had to attend uh, awardings for our movie. Yes. Yeah. So we have a lot of events. A lot of meetings also happen around dinner time. And all you moms out there know, well, I hope you guys know by now, I think routine is really key. And we have, we don't have any routine. So just because of the lockdown, we were forced to have a routine. And we were, we were luckily... Locked down with this nanny who's great at the routine. I mean, yeah, we learned a lot from her. Yeah. <laughs> we learned like everything from her. Yeah, yeah. she's she's amazing. Um, our nanny Keely, she she she'll wake up really early in the morning too. I mean, I mean, say like six a.m. She'll prepare everything. She'll have the breakfast ready to go. Once Kali wakes up, she'll just grab her from my hands, and I'm still groggy because you know. At this point, in terms of her sleeping schedule, she's like very on and off. Sometimes she'll sleep through the night. Sometimes she'll wake up every single hour. You know, it's totally up and down. I mean, I don't know about you guys, if you guys have had this kind of experience with sleep. But for us, it's just been like this. Especially because we really have trouble staying on a schedule and staying on a routine. Which I think is one of the biggest ways to get that sleep routine in. And we just can't. We just, you know... It's, it's always been so difficult for us. So once we have um, Keely here, she's like, okay, wake up. She grabs baby from me. I'm still groggy, and she's going to go feed her. I just go back to sleep. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, ladies, one of the biggest things to get to lose weight, to get back into shape, is sleep. I think just during that month, I slimmed down. I slimmed down like I was in the best shape of my life. During the lockdown. It's crazy. I mean, we did also work out a lot. We also worked out. You know, I also got a good amount of sleep. Like, everything. Like, all the things came together. And it was perfect. I was, like, nicely in shape. We've got a baby that sleeps. Like, everything was awesome. As weird as it sounded, the terrible situation of the pandemic. Yeah, it's crazy how, you know, you could actually make something so negative and so adverse into you know something something really positive and productive like yeah. you know like you like you said you lost a lot of weight you know like in a healthy way mm-hmm. you know and we got a routine we learned how to 
great routine for her daughter. Yes. You know, for me as a you know as as a writer and director, I was able to complete three screenplays, which I I was yeah. on deadline to do. Yeah. You know, I needed to do them. So I was really running late. I was able to finish them. You know, and not to mention, while doing all of these things, we got to spend so much precious time with Kali. And having that one-on-one um, kind of interaction with her, we saw her grow, learn one thing each day. Every day she was changing, and every day she was really developing. You could just, you could just almost see those brain cells just multiplying, you know? Um, like, uh, at that time, she hasn't started walking yet. But she was doing Stairmaster. <laughs> that girl, she's got yeah. these like crazy thunder thighs. And she's just like walking up and down the stairs. I mean, with support. She's crawling up and down the stairs of our house. I mean, we've got three flights of stairs. And we and our third flight of stairs is a spiral staircase. It's got it's actually quite scary because it's like yeah. straight up and it's spiral. And there's and holes in it. Yeah, and there's like holes where she can go through. She yeah. traversed the whole thing on her own. Exactly. We're yeah. great parents. We just we just watched her. She's like, yeah. <laughs> up. You'll be fine. Our stunt baby. <laughs> he spent a lot of time. I mean, yeah, I guess it's you know it sucks, you know, being yeah. being locked down. It sucks that, you know, we couldn't work, we couldn't get our projects going. And it sucks to be scared. I it think it sucks to be scared. It really sucks to be scared to go outside. Yeah. I think that's a big thing, especially when you have young children. That's well, always in the top. We of had mind. we had the two extremes. We had an infant, and we had a senior citizen because yeah. her nanny is a senior. Yeah. You know, so so we were like, you know, we were like scared to even go out, not for ourselves. I was scared to get out, catch something, and bring it home. And in fact, yeah. you know, one or the other, the nanny and the baby, those are the two people that will really be affected the most during the lockdown. Only one person per household because you needed like a quarantine pass. Only one person per household can leave at a certain time during the day because there's curfews as well. So you can only go there to to get your basic essentials. Yes. And uh, and come right back. I buy everything in bulk, knowing that I'm not going to go out for another three weeks to buy anything. You know, and then we just store everything and we cook at home and all that, and uh, come back as soon as I come back. I go straight, I take off my clothes and I go straight to the to you know to the shower and Sarah grabs everything before they even go in the, in, into into the house and start spraying them with alcohol and disinfecting. Yeah, and no, some things are actually the washed fruits, everything. with soap and water, like yeah. everything is like one hundred percent cleaned. Yeah. So you're talking about like three weeks worth of groceries. Yeah. And you get a disinfectant wash every single one of them. And yeah. that's what Sarah does. Even, exactly. even my car, you know, we spray it after after we go anywhere, and we lived like that for months, for like three months. Yeah, you know, like it was really intense. Yeah, to be honest, I felt like I mean I don't know where it was in different parts of uh, the Philippines, but for I'm I'm surprised that the numbers didn't actually start to um, go down or to plateau because in the Philippines I felt like it was really quite strict. You know, super strict. the lockdown, you really, I mean, there's a curfew. We had the luxury of being able to stay home. But what we don't see is the majority of the masses in the Philippines that live in shanties and, you know, in cardboard boxes and stuff. And they have no rooms, no partitions. A 10 square meter place can be occupied by six to eight people. 
you know, and they're all like, you know, sleeping right on, on bunks or in makeshift bunks right on top of the other mm -hmm. with no air conditioning. We blasted the air, air conditioning 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, in, which is on another three story. floors. Yeah, of course, our, our bill like skyrocketed. And you it was were very hot. It's super hot, you know, and this is the Philippines. Obviously, there's only one season and it's hot. And for people like that to live in the, you know, in the slums, for example, you know, it's so hot living in these small, tight places that they have to get out. You know, yeah. they, none of these people can really afford a, an N95 mask. And yeah. that we had, you know, we had or a bunch of... even just normal masks. Yeah, or even normal masks. They use t-shirts, they use whatever. They, they do this with a shirt like that, walk around. Or not at all. Or not at all. They're yeah. like, forget it. I'd rather, I'd, you know, I'd rather catch COVID than starve to death. And they right. got to go hustle. Because a yeah. lot of these people are day workers. They, yes. they earn a living hand to mouth, day by day. Mm -hmm. If they don't work one day, they don't eat. You know, if they don't sell cans or, or bottles in one day, they have nothing to buy food. You know, so, you know, I totally, I totally understand. But it's also a difficult thing, right? It's a, it's a rock and a hard place. Exactly. You yeah. Know? Damn if you do, and damn if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And there were even um, relief goods. We were sent relief goods every two weeks, I believe, which yeah. was just uh, like rice and sardines. But I know that there's some neighborhoods that didn't get their relief goods. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it I wasn't heard. really yeah. all across the board. And maybe if you don't have identification, then you couldn't, you yeah. couldn't even get those goods. So I'm yeah. sure that it wasn't getting to where it was needed. Yeah, because uh, there's also a lot of people yeah. in the Philippines that are migrant workers, you know, or migrant people. So they're not actually registered in any of the municipalities, any of the cities or the communities. So, you know, so when the government, you know, when the local government units starts to put together all the relief goods, they don't count the migrant workers because they don't know that they exist, you know? So, yeah. of course, we wanted to help and we've talked about it. And in fact, we, we donated to Philippine Red Cross and transferred money on a weekly basis. But we also knew that if we went out there actively and started passing out you know, goods yeah. and all that stuff. That's something we couldn't. We couldn't do because we have a child and we have a senior citizen yeah. at home and we will just be risking their lives as well. Those two yeah. people are very close to us. Yeah. You know, so we wanted to uh, keep a balance in everything. We want to help instead of, of you know, recklessly going out there and endangering yeah. our child you yeah. know, and her nanny. Yeah. We decided that, you know, we'll just do it online. And then by the time May rolled around, um, they were going to open everything up by June. Vince and I really just made a decision like, look, you know, as much as we'd like to keep chugging on for our um, film projects, um, because that one that was canceled, it was still postponed. We were not really thinking that it was going to be completely like out the door. Yeah, we were anything. just waiting for, for the whole, you know, crisis to be over exactly we have been in communication with our executive producer and she's basically saying that you know hang in there hang in it hang in there by around maybe july or august we should right. be able to get back in into the normal grind and, and start shooting now, that's why we stayed around in the philippines we yeah. didn't you know we didn't you know, didn't go back go to back. taiwan right away you know i was like no 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 i know i i really i really need to go back to see my mom we need to do the quarantine we need to make sure that she's safe we need to make sure that kali's safe it's time we go back to taiwan 
We go back to see my mom. We got to spend the time with our family. This is what we need to do. That was our experience with COVID just in the Philippines. And now I think there's something in the background that we might have to take a wah, wah, Kali break.